week of prayer here at Family Life, if, uh, if you're familiar with, it, with, with our church. But we took this last week and prayed, and we had a ton of people come out every night and prayed, and, and we appreciate all of you that did, and if you didn't, there would be a next time. But, uh, you know, I was so excited because um, our prayer this year from last year tripled. The amount of people we had to come out for prayer. And how many of you know that when we start seeking God and praying, God stands up, he listens, and he starts doing special things. We had people praying for all kinds of things. So I encourage you, it wasn't a one and done week. You know, keep praying, keep pursuing God. And that's in the middle of the series we're doing on frequency, on how to hear God's voice. It's not even close. The question that I am asked the most as a pastor is, how do you hear God's voice? How do you recognize God's voice? How do we know if it's God speaking? How do you know if I'm making things up in my head? How do I know if it's the buffet I hit last night? I mean, how do you know for sure? And so we're, this series, we're, we're just uh, talking about some things. Hopefully that can help you. Our text comes from John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Uh, it says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. Yeah, I forgot to say this. If, you, if you're a first-timer here, there should be notes there in, your, in, in the bulletin and a connection card for you to connect with us. We would love to get to know you better. But it says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger in fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And we talked about it in the natural realm. I know this is foreign for Houston, but there are still a lot of places around the, around the earth where people make their living by raising sheep. And, and I gave an example when I was in Turkey one time. We had these two shepherds crossing the road at the same time, and all of a sudden there's like three or 400 sheep in this little dirt road. And I'm like, this is this is bad, you know, but one of the shepherds just went, whoo, whoo, and all his 150 sheep just ran with him, and, and so what's the deal? The, they spend so much time together that his sheep knows the voice of the shepherd, and he knows the voice that is not his shepherd, and so here's the, here's the simple truth is, you know, Jesus is referred to in the Bible as our shepherd, and we're, and we're his sheep, and, and as, a, as sheep follow the shepherd, we're supposed to follow the Lord, but it's hard to follow the Lord you know, in the right way if we don't know his voice. And so during this series, we're just trying to break it down. How do we discern the voice of God? How can we know it's him for sure? And uh, so in week one, we talked about a parable from Luke chapter 8 about the parable of the soil. And the soil, of course, represents our heart. And, we, and there was four soils. There was the polluted soil. Uh, the distracted soil, the immature soil, then there was good soil that produced a crop a hundredfold. And I believe the Lord was just telling me, you know, Terry, if family life, if your people will just prepare their heart, God will speak. And when he speaks, his word will go into fertile soil that will produce a crop. See, we don't just want head knowledge. We want God's word to get in our heart so it can grow and spring forth. Then last week we looked at, the, at Samuel and uh, in 1 Samuel 3, and we looked at a passage where Samuel was young, and it says he had never heard the voice of God before. God hadn't made himself real to him yet. And it was, we talked about how to hear God's voice a little bit last week. 
And so today, today will be the most personal of the three messages, the four messages in this series. And next week, we're going to get really practical. Next week, I'm going to talk about this. How do you know if it's God's voice speaking to you? How do you know? How, how can you differentiate? And we're going to give you a litmus test because all the time I hear Christians telling me that God spoke something to them. And when they tell me what they think God spoke, I'm like, well, that's not God. Like, I know for sure that's not God. And I'm not the most spiritual person. That is not God. And, you know, it's not God. God never told you to leave your wife and have an affair. Come on now. God never told you uh, just to, to leave church and never go to a church again. He may have told you to go to a different church, but he wants you in, in his house. So anyway, we're going to look at that. But today, you know, today we're, we're, we're going to look at, you know, uh, why does God speak to us and how does he speak to us? And, and I want to answer the question of, uh, of why God wants to talk to you and what it looks like. And, you know, there, there's some teaching in, in, in some churches and in the world today that, that God doesn't speak anymore. It stopped with the apostles. So if you want to hear, if you want to get a word from God, you have to read his Bible. And listen, God's word is his Bible. And I want all of our church to be reading their Bibles daily uh, because it's so beneficial. And God does still speak through his word. But God also speaks to us directly. He speaks to us directly. Um, a guy by the name of Dallas Willard, he said this. If God doesn't speak today then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. See, the only way you can have a personal relationship, there has to be dialogue back and forth. There has to be conversation. So if God didn't speak, it would be wrong for people to tell us that we can have an intimate, personal relationship with him. You know, one of my greatest joys as a pastor uh, is, is just to teach and tell people what the nature and character of God is like. And, you know, a lot of people were raised in churches where you got browbeat every week. You know, it was, they were mad and angry and things like that. But what I want to say is God's nature, God's character, the way he speaks to us, it's not how many times God is represented by culture today. You know, God is not mad at you. He is not angry at you. He, he's, you know, he, he's not just... Uh, He's not far away. He's up close and personal. And God, he, his number one desire is to have a relationship with you. As a matter of fact, I want to read Matthew 1.23, which when the angel announced to, to Mary that she was going to have a son, the Messiah, Jesus, it says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, we know his name was Jesus, right? We know his name was going to be Jesus. But it said he's going to be known as Emmanuel because he, God is coming to earth in the form of a human, and he's going to be with you. In other words, it's an up-close and personal relationship. And so let, let's look at three or four things here. Why, why does God want to speak with us? Why does God speak with us? Why is it so important that we hear the voice of God today? And the first thing is this is real simple. God speaks to us because he wants to facilitate a, a friendship with us. He wants to establish a friendship with us, you know. And uh, Exodus 33, verse 11, it says this, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And so it's an up-close relationship. God wants to speak to us because if we don't talk with him, there's no way we can have a friendship with him. I want you to think about who your best friend is right now. 
You don't have to point them out or say their name or anything, but think about who your best friend is right now. If you did not talk to them for six weeks, there would be a tremendous gap in your relationship. Now, here's the thing, though. Once you catch back up, you catch up quick. And so it, it, it's, it's, there's no way that you can have a friendship with God if, if there's no communication. So it's vital that we hear God's voice, that we learn to distinguish it, and we learn how to connect with him. I noticed a lot of times uh, that people struggle to pray. That's, you know, when you first become a Christian, one of the t- difficult things is how do we pray? And a lot of people are scared if, you know, when the church first started, we were really, really small, and me in our house, then I asked someone to pray. And I, then I saw the fear over their face. But I didn't want to retract it. Okay, never mind, you can't pray. You know, I wasn't going to do that. And so what do you do? And, and, and they were like, well, 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 I just don't feel comfortable praying. And then Tracy told me, never do that again. I'm like, well, I figured that out. You didn't need to tell me, right? Well, but some people are scared to death to pray because they, they think it has to be done in a certain way. You know, so have you ever heard, how many of y'all pray in King James? God willest thou touch me. God, you know, these and thou's. God's not from England. He's not from England, okay? You don't have to throw in some King James to be spiritual. How you talk to your husband, oh, let me say I'm digging deep today, man, digging deep. But how you would talk to a friend, that's how you talk to God. You know, you tell him what's on your mind, you tell him what you want, and you ask him to reply. See, when we have friends, we don't just talk to them, we want them to talk back. We want to hear their view, their opinion, their perspective. And so it's just a normal conversation. Uh, But secondly... God speaks, the second reason God speaks to us is to give us guidance. Oh, church, we need guidance. We need guidance. We get in so much trouble because we get ahead of God. Go back to John 10, it says this, the sheep, the the shepherd talks to his sheep, then he leads them out, he goes in front of them. We have to get that dynamic into our families where we're not making big decisions. We're not reacting on emotions without making sure that God is out in front of us and, and he is guiding us in the direction that we, that we need to go. Now, so, you know, basically God sees danger sometimes up in front of us and he speaks to us to try to guide us around the difficulties in life. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When God tell, it gives us guidance, many times we don't like his guidance because we think in our mind, you know, we're going the direction we're going because we think it's right. And so when God comes in and says, you know, you think you're going the right way, you're not purposely going the wrong way, but I want you to go this way. You, you know, and, and so sometimes we're hard to let, we're, we're basically, we have a hard time, many people, trusting God that to take a direction that doesn't quite seem like the best to you. Psalm 37, 23, it says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he, God, delights in his way. You know, one of the the prayers that Tracy and I have constantly prayed, and this is a good prayer for you to start in your marriage and your family. Tracy and I have always prayed, Lord, we ask you to open doors and shut doors. Open doors and shut doors. Whenever, every time we've ever had to go, we wanted to buy a house or, or a car or... 
there was some big decision. We were going to move, Lord, open doors and shut doors. And what I'm saying is, God, you know, I think this looks pretty good. But we give you permission to slam the door on that. If you have something better for me. If God shuts one door, why is it? Because he has a better door for you. He has something better for you. Why would you want to take second class instead of first class? If I asked any of you, you can fly first class or you can sit in, in, in economy. What are you going to take? Well, I'm humble, Terry. I'm, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to first class, right? And God wants you to be in first class. The only way you can be in first class if you listen to where he wants you to go and take the direction that he has for your life. And so, God, he wants the best for us. Would you say that? God wants the best for me. And so he's trying to guide us in the direction that will be good for us. Proverbs 3, 6 uh, says this. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So if you ever get off track, it's because God was going one way and you just didn't follow him. And so we, we, he speaks with us for the purpose of of friendship for guidance and the third thing is that God speaks to, pr to provide perspective God speaks into our lives to, pr to provide let me say this a broader perspective see not everything that you see in your daily life is everything that's going on we see things in the natural perspective and but there's a spiritual dynamic going on and and so what's happening on the surface level there's other stuff stirring underneath it, but we don't see it sometimes. And so, the God, you know, we have a small perspective. It's like when I was in the military, they had night vision goggles. Well, the bad thing with night vision goggles is you see a tunnel. So you have to keep looking like this, or you could sideswipe a tree that you didn't see a tree in front of you, but it hit you on the side. And so, God has the natural perspective, and God has the supernatural perspective. He has limitless view to both. And if we listen to him, he's going to bring them together so we can see things. See, we're scared to go in a direction because we aren't, we're only seeing at service level. If we see that God is stirring some things up over here, we're not scared to go over, uh, you know, in, in, in that direction. 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, however, it, it, as it, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So he has things for us that we don't just see on the surface level. They're down underneath. And the only way we get there is by following him. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things yet seen. So faith says that I'm going where the direction God wants me to go, even though it doesn't look like it's the best path for me. So he, he, here's what faith is. You want to put listening to God before seeing. That's what faith is. I'm listening to God, and I'm not going to go by what I see. I'm going to go by what the Lord has spoken and told me. I heard a, heard a funny story one day. One of my friends, um, he was at a West, Wisconsin Badgers football game. And they were losing horribly, horribly. They were getting murdered, killed. 
But every once in a while, the fans in the, in the stands would just go nuts, and they were clapping and cheering. And so, you know, the college football players, they were a little bit miffed by this, and they're thinking, man, we have the best fans ever. We're getting killed, and they paid to come out here, and they paid all this money, and they're cheering for us even though we're not playing good. And, but, but here's what was happening. A lot of the fans in the stands had earbuds in. And they were listening to the, the, to the Milwaukee Brewers. And they were doing awesome. They were killing their, you know, they were killing. So the people are watching losing, but they're listening to winning. Sometimes in life, it looks like you're losing. But you've got to listen to the voice of God. Because if you're on the path that he wants you to go down, you're going to win. You're going to get his best. You're going to get his blessing uh, into your life. And so, uh, so this is why God speaks to us for our friendship, for our, for our guidance, for a greater perspective. But the next question is, how does God speak to us? And so this week, I, I started off this week, and I was going through the Bible, finding every way that God has ever spoken to people. I like lists, you know. I had a long list. And I thought, man, it's going to be hard to talk about 20 things. I, mean, I don't know how I'm going to talk about, you know, God spoke through a donkey once, you know. What am I going to do with that, you know? Uh, and so what I did is I, 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 threw, I threw that list away. You're not going to get that list. You can do that on your own. But I thought, you know, of all these ways that God speaks, there's one that stands above all the rest. There's one, if you read the Bible, that it's the most, it's the most common way that God spoke to people in the past. And I think by far it's still the most common how God speaks to, to us today. And that's the whispers of God. The whispers of God. Uh, the, the, the gentle, the gentle uh, nudging of the Holy Spirit, a still small voice. And the problem is sometimes the whispers of God, they're hard to discern if you have the noise turned up in your life. And we've been talking about that. If you want to hear God's voice, you've got to turn the volume down. You've got to turn the volume down. And so let's talk about the whispers of God just for a minute. And, uh, you know, one of the most famous stories, maybe you've heard it, is a story found in 1 Kings 19. It's about the prophet Elijah. And Elijah has just had a, mom, a momentous day as a prophet. He has just defeated Ahab and Jezebel on Mount Carmel. He's killed all the hundreds of prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. And, uh, and Jezebel threatens he's going to kill him. And so Elijah just runs. He runs as far as he can, and he's hiding in a cave. I mean, as a prophet, he just had one of the greatest days you can ever had. The next day, he's hiding in a cave miles and miles from where anyone can find him. And uh, he's in this cave. And God speaks to him and says, I want you to come out and stand in my presence. I'm going to read that to you. First uh, Kings 19, 11 through 30. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. Then after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a, came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he knew it was God, of course. He pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave, and, and then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
and we know that Elijah had acted in, in fear instead of faith. And uh, so what, what, what kind of whispers would God say to us? And I, I looked at that, too. I started going through all the passages where, where God whispered things to people. And uh, the, the first thing God whispers is to us, he whispers encouragement to us. I believe every day when you're going through life, and you get to work, and you're getting killed at work, and things aren't going right, and people are on your nerves, I believe if you just settle down for a little bit, you would hear God encouraging. I think when you're just daily life can kill you, but I believe all throughout the day, God just wants to speak, he wants to speak encouragement to us. And uh, again, I just want to clarify, you know, God is not mad at you. God is not being critical of you. God is not saying, well, you know, you just need to read your Bible more. You just need to pray more. Well, you know, you just need to cut out all that sin in your life. He's, he's wanting to encourage us in spite of our limitations and shortcomings. I want you to understand that. God loves you so much, and he wants the best for your life. And I, I, I'm just going to tell you, here at Family Life, you're never just going to get beat up from the pulpit. I'm not going to beat, beat you down. If I have to beat anyone up, I've got to start with me. And that's not fun. Because, here, look, can I help you just for a minute? Can I help you? All right, three people said yes, so. When we're not doing what we need to do, we already know it. We don't need God to come. God's not coming down to just smash us. He wants to encourage us because if he loves us and encourages us, we can come up to where we need to be. So l let, me, let me help you out in your homes. Let me help you out in your homes. Wives. Quit beating your husband up for all the things he doesn't do. Just stop it. Stop beating him up because he's not spiritual enough and start encouraging him on all the things he does right. Husbands, quit bothering your wives. Quit being critical of your wives. I know that you think it's helping, but it's not. Listen, reverse psychology does not work in the home. I don't care who, who came up with that. It doesn't. And so, you know, the divorces would cut in half if we quit being so critical on everybody. Quit, quit beating them up. That doesn't help. What helps? When you love somebody in spite of who they are. And that's what God does. That's what I want you to know today. God loves you so much. He knows what you did yesterday. He knows when you're texting while I'm speaking. He knows, he knows when you fall asleep while I'm speaking incredible words of encouragement. And he loves you all nonetheless. Can, can we say that? God loves me. Just say that. God loves me. In spite of what you do, in spite of what you think about yourself, he just loves you. And because of that, he wants to have a relationship with you. And so, and so he's not trying to beat you up. And we have to be like God. And we've we got to quit beating each other up and, and be be more encouraging. Let, let me show you this in the Bible. He whispers words of encouragement. Romans 8, 16 says this. The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts. And what does he say? He tells us that we are his children. That we are his children, that he loves us. He sees us as a member of a family. See, you know, I have three kids, and, and my kids are awesome, but there are days there were days, they're all grown up now, there were days when I'm like, goodness gracious, you know? But you know what I never told them? I never told them, 
just get out of here. Not, you're not in my family anymore. What I told him was, God has more for you than that. God has more for you than that. And, and so God doesn't, he's not looking for a reason. He doesn't have a list that, okay, oh, Jason, he's off my, he's not my family anymore. So he does better. No, no. We never do better. The only way we do better is if we're loved enough to do better. Love raises the threshold. Criticism, anger, that doesn't do any good. Isaiah 55, 3 in the message, it says, pay attention, come close, listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. That's what God wants to do for you when he speaks to you. Give you life-giving, life-nourishing words to raise your health, to raise your, your faith, to raise your encouragement. And uh, if you read the bottom part of verse 3, it says this, I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you. Do you understand that when you come into a relationship with Jesus, it, it's, a, it's a covenant commitment. It, 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 it's not just on a whim. It's a covenant commitment with you, the same that I made with David. It's sure, it's solid, and it's enduring love. So the first thing, what, what words of encouragement would Jesus whisper to us? First of all, he would say that you're my child. You're my child, and regardless of what you did yesterday or last week, the second thing he would say is, I love you. And the third thing he would say is that I'm proud of you. And you say, how could God be proud of me? Because God sees us for how we can be, not how we are. God sees us for what he's put. He knows what he has put in us. He knows our destiny. He knows what we can do, what we can become. And so, and so he, he's proud of us. Are there some things he wants to do, to do better? I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure so. But he's proud of us all the same. Second thing is that he whispers warnings to us. Let me give you some Christianese. Sometimes Christian, Christianese, we have a language in the Christian world sometimes, and sometimes you can't find it in the Greek or Hebrew. We just make it up, right? But here's a spiritual thing. I just feel a check in my spirit. Have you ever said that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel a check in my spirit. What happened? God's sitting there saying, no, don't. Please, don't do that. You know, there, there's, there's a warning in our, in our spirit, we have the check in our spirit. And it, you know, I was going one way, but the Holy Spirit directed me to go a different way. Let me show you this in the Bible. This is when Paul's taking his missionary journeys in Acts chapter 16, verse 67. And it says this, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Magia, Myasia, they, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So Paul and his team are wanting to go preach in different places. And the Holy Spirit told them that not to go. Now in the natural, we're thinking, that can't be God, I want to go. Well, how many know if there's people there waiting to stone you and kill you? The Lord's wanting to, to, to be able to preach some more, right? So it wasn't his timing. For, no, there's nothing wrong with preaching the Word of God. But it wasn't the right time. Their lives would have been in danger. So he directed them away. So Sometimes when God gives us warnings, it might not be about sin we're committing. We may be doing perfectly legitimate things, but there's danger ahead or it's not the right time, and God's trying to redirect us so we can be more productive. 
uh, you know, in our in our lives. And let, let me, I'll tell you a little story. My my, I've really tried to, in the last number of years, tried to listen to the warnings of the Holy Spirit because if I don't listen to the warnings of the Holy Spirit, I, I'm kind of a type A person, I, and, and I have the danger of being reactive. Like someone says something to me, if I don't listen to the Lord and just calm down a little bit and pray about it, have let a couple days pass, I just react. And let me know that reacting isn't good. You know? Now, some of you don't overreact. You never do anything for six months, and that ain't good either, okay? So, but anyway, there's a, so one day, I come, in, I come into the office. It's early in the morning. I'm, I'm a morning person, so it's early in the morning. And I open my email, and there's a, this is years ago, there's a family in the church, and their kids were going to the youth group, and um, she did not think that my youth pastor, the wife, did not think my youth pastor was doing a good job. So she wrote a dissertation of how bad he was how terrible he was, and she copied me on it, and I'm like, goodness gracious, this is going to crush him, so I called him and woke him up, and, uh, I guess you haven't read your email this morning, huh, he said, well, I said, just delete it, just delete it, so he, I said, I, you don't, don't read that, this lady sent you an email, don't read it, but then I'm sitting there, and I knew that the Holy Spirit wanted me to take up for my youth pastor, and the words began to flow, I don't even type fast, man, I was just, and it started off with something like, who do you think you are? You, you don't correct my staff. You have a problem with my youth pastor, you come to me. Have you ever read your Bible? You know, I mean, just flowing. It's flowing. It's flowing. It's flowing. The flesh is flowing. The flesh is flowing. And I got about halfway through, and I was, well, I was trying to get a, put a wrap on it. And the, the, the Lord just told me, delete that. Delete that. That, that would be a waste of my time. He said, delete it because this woman has issues, and this isn't going to help. And I said, okay. But see, here's the background of the story. Here's the background of the story. This family had been coming to church, and, um, you know, they were going through a lot of, they, their marriage was having trouble, and every Saturday morning for eight weeks, I went up to my office just to meet with them, trying to help their marriage. During that time, her husband lost, lost his job. And they got two months behind on their house. They were going to have their house uh, taken away. And the church wrote a check so they wouldn't lose their house. And the third thing is, Trace and I had an old car we wanted to sell. And he asked me if he could, if he could buy it from me. And I told him no because I didn't want to sell it to a church member. It might blow up next week and I didn't want to feel bad. No, 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 I, I know all that, you know. So I... I you know, we agreed on a price, and I sold him the car. And, of course, the next week is when he lost his job, so he never paid for the car. So they got free marriage counseling, got a free car, they got house notes paid, and that was how we were treated, you know. So, so but again, again, the, whole, the Holy Spirit just warned me, you know, don't even go there. Why are you going to get all worked up? Just let it go. Let it go. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. So the Holy Spirit wants to warn you sometimes. And he'll warn you with things like this little whisper. It says, don't do it. Don't do it. Listen, let me tell you, there, I'm sure in, with this many people, there's some people here today that you may not be in sin, but you're, you're snuggling right up to the line. And God's saying, don't do it. Don't play with it. Get over there on holy ground, man. Don't, don't no, you know, what, whatever. Just think about that. If there's something that you're going through your head that you know isn't right and you can't get that out, the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. Don't hurt your family. Don't hurt yourself. 
Don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass the church. Here's another warning the Holy Spirit gives us. In the secret. Some of you have secrets. I didn't think that would go over well. I just threw it in there, you know. We were having such a good time and I had to go there, right? But in the secret. And become transparent. You know, but here's the thing. That's why we have small groups. I, I would hope that all of you will sign up for our small groups because what happens in our small groups is you get to meet someone else and when you go to a small group, you find out there you start meeting with ladies or men. You find like, man, they have issues too. And there's a transparency. And not everyone in your group, but maybe there's another one or two that you become friends with, and you can just tell them, man, we're, we're, I'm struggling at home. I'm struggling with my kids. I'm, wh- whatever it is, you're holding it in, and you let it out so people can encourage each other and, and, and pray. James 5.16 says, therefore, cons- confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You never get healed by concealing a matter. I know that's, that's, that's tough medicine right there, isn't it? But you need to find someone that you trust, that can pray for you, that can help you, that, that, that can love you. And of course, the, the, he might say, get help. Maybe you just need help. I'm telling you, there's, there's a number of people here today, and you're, you're having serious, you've been having serious financial issues. And maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, t- take financial peace. Take financial peace. A nine-week series. A nine-week professional guidance, it costs $109. I'm telling you, if you're here today and you need financial help, if you will swallow your pride, uh, if you don't have the money, the church will pay that for you. Brett right here said he would pay for whoever wanted to. to <laughs> I, I, just, I was just kidding. But, so, but, but, but think about it. Think about it. If you're in bad shape and you do nothing, in six months you're going to be in the same place. And here at Family Life, we just want people to grow. We want people to rise above. And sometimes you need to get a little bit of help, and you need, you need to end the secret. But uh, the next thing he does is this. He whispers direction to us. Now, I'm going to go quick for this for a second. He whispers direction. Involve God in the process. Maybe he, when he, he, he tells you, slow down. Slow down. You ever get going so fast you outrun God? Slow down. Listen, just slow down a little bit. Sometimes, so, see, some of you, sometimes he'll say, do it now. Do it now. And may, maybe some of you have been coming for weeks and weeks, and we have a growth track in two weeks. That's where you become a member, and that's how you start serving in our church. Maybe you've been listening about the growth track for months and months. Maybe it's your time to do that. And I'll never forget one time uh, I had a guy in my church, and we, we met somewhere, and, and they've been coming to church for seven years. And uh, he said, Pastor, I think now's the time. I'm like, well, can you tell me what it's time for? Yeah, my wife and I have been talking. We think it's time to become a member at Family Life. I told him, hey, don't get in a hurry, you know. Don't get in a hurry. Take your time. Make sure it's where you want to be, you know. But, but sometimes he tells us to slow down because some of us want to go too fast. Some of us he's saying, come on, get with it. Get with the program. It's time. It's time for you to do something. And he may say to some of you, hey, take the next step. It's time to take the next step. The last thing is this, is that he whispers dreams to us. He whispers dreams. Job 33, verse 14 says, God speaks again and again, 
and he speaks in dreams and in visions of the night. Now, I want to be honest with you. Everyone has different personalities. I, the only dreams I have, in my dreams, I'm Jason Bourne jumping from building to building, okay? <laughs> God's never woken me up in the middle of the night to tell me something. But I'm a morning person. I usually get up before anyone else is up. And that's when I, you know, get that. But the bottom line is God has dreams for everyone. Oh, would you say it with me? He said, God has a dream for me. So if you're living without a dream, you need to hear the voice of God to get some inspiration, uh, you know, in, in your life. Now, here's the thing. In my humble opinion, people always ask, are we in the last days? And, you know, and no one knows for sure. But in, in, in my humble opinion, uh, all of the signs of the end times are, are taking place now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jesus came back at any day. So let me read this next verse, Acts 2.16. In the last days, it says, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. On your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So here's the thing. The role for the church in the last days. What's our role in the last days? The role for the church uh, is to be a solution and not a statistic. We have the answers. We have the Spirit of God living with us. And He doesn't want us to sit back and go into bunkers. He wants us to be out there praying with people, helping people, encourage people. So I think this is what God would whisper to us. Go all in. Go all in. Why, why don't you stop being a part-time Christian? Why don't you just go all in? Go all in for God. It's the last days. People around us are dying. They're going to hell. Why don't we just go all in for him and live for him? How about, here's another one. Why don't you give your best? Why don't you give your best? Let me ask you a question. And again, I've said all this other stuff that we want to encourage, but sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves. I want you to ask yourself an honest question. Don't tell your wife or your husband. I want you to ask yourself, Am I giving God my best? Just for you. Have I given God my best this past week? This past year? And, and if your answer is, I'm not giving God my best. I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to beat yourself up. But let's change that. Let's go all in. Let's give God our very best. And, and here's the last thing he would speak to us is, again, that you can make a difference. You and I can make a difference. As a community of believers here at Family Life, we can make a difference. And so to hear God's voice, I'm, I'm, wrap, I'm wrapping this up. Uh, you know, um, Hector, you can come, go ahead and come up. But to hear God's voice, it's really about our attitude. It's really about our attitude. Listen, our attitude really determines whether we're in a position to hear the voice, the voice of God. And rem remember, what did Samuel say? Eli came to Samuel when he realized God was trying to speak to him. And he said, Samuel, next time you hear God's voice, here's what I want you to say. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. See, there's an attitude of, God, I am desperate to hear from you. Speak to me. I am ready to listen. More than that, I am eager to hear your voice. When we hear the voice of God, it can change our whole life. It can just blow up our lives in a good way. So we have to be eager uh, to, hear, to hear God's voice. Uh, would you stand with me this morning? I, I want to I close in a prayer this morning.